Hello, and welcome to another edition of Truth and Rhythm, brought to you by FunkinStuff.net. This is the interview show that gets deep in the pocket with contemporary music's foremost masters of the groove. I'm your host, Scott Dr. GX Goldfine, musicologist and author of Everything is on the One, the First Guide of Funk. If you don't have your copy, get on over to Amazon and pick one up. You'll be so glad you did, and so will I. And if you haven't already done so, subscribe. Click on subscribe to uh, hook up with the Funkin' Stuff channel on YouTube. That's where Truth and Rhythm lives and breathes. In addition to being on FunkinStuff.net, there are also episodes on Daily Motion, and the audio podcast version is available on Spotify, iTunes, Google, just about everywhere. And most recently has been uh, added to WTHL Urban Radio Cleveland. We're excited about that. And as well to grown folks music. So the universe is expanding. But we still need your support, not only in subscribing, but also if you can help support this show to keep the lights on here. Uh, if you go to funkinstuff.net on the right-hand side of the page, there's a donate option where you can contribute to help support this show about the artists that you love in funk, R&B, and jazz. Much appreciated. This episode features the first photographer to ever appear on Truth and Rhythm, Bruce Talaman, one of the most important shooters of African-American music stars. From 1972 to 1982, he compiled thousands of great photos working for Soul Newspaper and as a contractor for record, record labels and musical acts. He went on to shoot stills for several top TV shows and feature films, as well as Time magazine, and he also released a Bob Marley book. However, 2018's Soul R&B Funk Photographs, 1972-1982, a heavy, oversized, 376-page coffee table book, has set a new standard for capturing the visual side of that amazing period of music-making and legendary artists. It is especially heavy on Parliament Funkadelic and Bootsy, Stevie Wonder, who graces the cover, Shaka Khan, Marvin Gaye, Donna Summer, Earth, Wind & Fire, who Talaman toured with, he toured the world with Earth, Wind & Fire in the late 70s, Aretha Franklin, James Brown, and also historic events like the Funk Fest at LA's Memorial Coliseum, and so much more. Many of the photos had never been seen before that book came out. The book is frankly a breathtaking landmark. Highly recommend it. Here, with Truth and Rhythm, Talman reflects on his photographic journey and the magnitude of his work, with lots of stories about working with music's magicians in between. So let's go back to a time when funk and soul performers were larger than life a time when there was no internet or smartphone cameras. This was the time when Bruce Talaman's lens was one of the only shining lights on music royalty, preserving their grandeur for generations to come. Enjoy. I'm delighted to welcome to the Truth and Rhythm Mothership, Bruce Talaman, a renowned photographer for music artists, numerous publications, and the motion picture industry. His amazing decades-long career includes being a primary photojournalist for Soul Newspaper during the 1970s 
And last year, he released the gorgeous coffee table book, Soul R&B Funk. Bruce, thank you so much for joining me. How are you? I'm doing fine, and thank you uh, for uh, inviting me on the show. My pleasure. And you're coming to us from uh, Los Angeles area, is that right? Yes, I am. Yeah, this is where this is where I live. Uh huh. Well, I understand you're a native, and I am too. Although I've relocated, uh, but uh, always good to talk to a native. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks. Um, yeah, you know, been everywhere else. But um, uh, I've always come back to Los Angeles, even you know after spending great time in uh, uh, various uh, you know various cities across the United States, and then in, in uh, you know around the world. You know, my photography, my cameras have taken me everywhere, and that's been uh, really kind of cool. Well, you can't see me, but I'm wearing my trademark Los Angeles Lakers cap, so I still you know keep the faith even though. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Well, we can get into that later. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's an honor to speak with you. I grew up being a big fan of Soul uh, newspaper. I would, you know, look at it faithfully when it would come out because, you know, it was really the only publication that was basically serving that market. And that was my love and passion was that music. So I have uh, several copies still. They're kind of packed away. But um it's it's great to finally meet the person behind the lens of so many of those great images. So, welcome aboard. Well, thanks. Um, I've got to say that, uh, yeah, you know, I I I started uh, there in in uh, nineteen seventy three. I think was my first uh, official assignment, and uh, uh, I was dropped off on uh, the doorstep of. Uh, uh, this woman named Regina Jones, who was the photo, well, not only the photo editor, but the uh, publisher for Seoul newspaper. And they had been publishing since, I think, 1966, if I'm not mistaken, um, after what we call the Watts Rebellion happened. Uh, she and her husband, uh, Ken Jones, you know, understood that there was a whole underserved market, uh, uh, you know, young, uh, especially young black kids who uh, were not seeing representational uh, images, uh, uh, you know, in the music and and uh, 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 that type of a thing with 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 uh, with their artists, with our artists, and uh, so she was. She was trying to do that. They knew that black kids would buy uh, 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 a, a magazine or a, a newspaper. They started out actually as a magazine, and then you know they they ended up as a newspaper. But but uh, you know they understood that kids these these kids would buy these these uh, uh, this this magazine uh, that was was talking about uh, who was doing the music, how it was being produced where it was being produced, you know, sort of the backstory and uh, the performances and the reviews. And and uh, we were in the right place because everybody came to Los Angeles. So, you know, there you there you go. I mean, from there, I, I ended up uh, working with all the major record companies. And uh, I actually ended up working uh, 
working on Soul Train, but all of that started from from Regina Jones um, and and Ken taking a chance on me, and uh, I, I, you know, I stayed there for uh, for ten years. I, I did other things, you know, but but uh, because <laughs> you know she was very upfront, they really didn't have a big budget, but um, she gave me opportunities. She gave a number of uh, photographers and writers opportunity and uh those were probably when i look back on it some of the best uh uh, uh best days you know that uh, that we had and and uh, they were wonderful because uh we had an access we had to work and and be professional she taught us that whole uh you know that whole thing of of, of uh you know a responsibility of a, of a journalist and this was great for a young you know 20 some odd uh, year old kid. I was just out of uh, college. And uh, I mean, like I talk about uh, in the book, uh, Leonard Pitts, who was just out of college. He was, he was out of SC. I went to Whittier College. But, you know, you had, you know, you had uh, uh, Leonard Pitts, who went on to uh, to get a Pulitzer, but he got his training. You know, he got his Pulitzer with the Miami Herald, but he got his training on Stevie Wonder and Parliament Funkadelic and uh, Marvin Gaye and and Aretha and 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 all of that and uh, you know uh, Regina was very strict and uh, she was a taskmaster. We had to do our homework. You just couldn't come in there and and think you were going to be uh, loved and adored. You had to do your, you had to, had to do your homework. And what what first uh, you know push you towards photography. I, I know that you were originally thinking you were going to go another path. Well, you, you know, basically it, 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 it boiled down to, I loved the immediacy of, of photography. And uh, I loved the, 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 the story telling component. Uh, it, it, it was never, photography has never been just pretty pictures for me. Okay. A lot of people, you know, it, it's, 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 a, it's a visual record. It's, uh, uh, you know, you, you capture a moment, you, you capture a moment that's fleeting. And, uh, it's, so you have this visual rep- representation. I was, I was trained as a political science student and sociologist. I was going to be a lawyer. I was going to, work, you know, in, in that direction. And, um, but when I found the, uh, the, uh, uh, the storytelling capability that was still sort of in, in, in my background as far as political science, sociology, history, uh, I was reminded of the, uh, the Grito. G-R-I-O-T, if you don't know what it is, look it up. But it's basically, you know, the the storyteller, the one who keeps the traditions of the, the tribe, the clan, the the, the group. Uh, they write down the stories. Uh, they might paint the pictures, uh, the, the, the highlights, the, the, the setbacks of uh, uh, early civilizations. And, and so that, when I saw what, what that was, it, it opened up another, it opened up another, uh, a whole nother world for me. 
So, so I, I uh, took it upon myself. I mean, they say there's arrogance in youth, but I took it upon myself to uh, document, you know, uh, 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 musicians and artists uh, 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 who were who were black as I am, you know, and and uh, I had the audacity to 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 uh, to think that if I didn't do it, it wouldn't get done. I mean, and, and like I say, you know, the, the, the audacity of youth sometimes can, 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 uh, can overwhelm us and be a burden, but, um, it, it, um, it was something that I felt I had to do. And I just lucked up in meeting some people who helped me do that. And now, 40-some-odd years later, we have this visual record that, as it turns out, uh, is probably one of the um, most important uh, visual archives because not only of the depth, you know, and, and scope, but... but uh, uh, quite frankly, nobody else was doing that. Nobody else had had the access because of uh, uh, the, the unique situation that, I mean, there was this confluence of, you know, uh, like, like they say, like a perfect storm. Um, uh, look, I'm a great photographer. Ask me, I'll tell you. But seriously, right, um, you, you know, I had access. So that meant that I was backstage at the recording sessions or the the uh, the the, um, uh, uh, the concerts, you know, or the the, um, uh, the the publicity sessions, you know, participating in that. And and um, so I was I was doing it at at all different angles. And and for instance, again, getting back to Soul newspaper, you've got to understand. We were in an extremely small and poor publication. So Regina was ripe for the pickings from the, the record companies who would say, we'll give you a handout. You don't have to, to you know, we'll give you a handout story and we'll give you a handout um, photograph, which meant that all they had to do was, was take a story that some publicist had done and some canned story and and um, uh, just republish it. I've seen I've seen uh, uh, small African American papers do that today, and there's nothing more embarrassing than seeing that they also included at the bottom. It says, "And for other information, contact so and so in the publicity department at whatever magazine it is, or or, or not magazine, uh, record company, or 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 uh, a publicity company." And and you know, she did not want to participate in that. She wanted to, to discover her own stories and ask her own questions. And she also said that if they did not allow her to use her uh, photographers and writers, then they couldn't have or take advantage of her, um, uh, her audience, this African-American audience. Uh, that was also just, you know, larger than just African-Americans, but uh, this, this, this audience that the record companies were, 
were were thirsting to uh, 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 to, to to get a hold of, to be put in front of, you know, to have a Donna Summer on the cover of Soul newspaper because, quite frankly, Donna Summer was not uh, getting the traction that she did later, but she was not getting the traction from the the, the black community, uh, uh, you know, until until later uh, in her in her career, and there were a number of other ones like that. And so these record companies knew they had to, uh, you know, they had to make that effort. So the reason that this was important to me was because uh, one of my associates, the, the great photographer Bob Holland, Bobby Holland, and uh, uh, was was the one who convinced me as the photo editor uh, that uh, Regina should buy us some lights and and uh, backdrops. And then we could do proper covers, Scott. We could do proper documentation. And then Regina, because she couldn't pay us, she also let us use the lights when we were doing our other gigs, you know, for the record companies and stuff. So, so you know, it was a it was a wonderful, wonderful relationship, and she was extremely tolerant. Uh, uh, there, there's, there's there's not a lot of uh, people who would do that. But what this did was, all of a sudden, this this created a situation where I was everywhere. I was getting uh, recognized by the uh, publicists for the record companies. And so they would then call me and hire me to photograph their acts. And uh, I would have, you know, again, this total, you know, this total access. So all of a sudden, you know, like they say, drip by drip, piece by piece, I was accumulating a uh, an enormous uh, archive. And uh, again, uh, even in some situations, the white photographers weren't shooting these acts, and it wasn't out of anything sinister. It was it was economic. They they were not. You know, why would a photographer go out and photograph? Uh, back then, you know, photographed an act where he knew that he couldn't get it published. So, you know, if Rolling Stone and Cream uh, weren't weren't doing, uh, you know, uh, uh, the Whispers or 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 the Delphonics or or LTD or the Dramatics or Billy Paul, you you, you see where I'm going with this? They they wouldn't they would not they would not go out and shoot it. So me and Bobby and and a couple of other guys, Roland Charles, we were the ones that that had this, um, you know, sort of had this clear field, and we were doing it. And again, we were doing it consistently. So uh, uh, that's how I, you know, how I ended up with this with this amazing archive, which uh, after I stopped in 1982 basically was put away and um uh the um the way it um the way it sort of came about that we ended up with a book was that maurice white who i had worked <laughs> excuse me worked with extensively uh 1978 79 1977 78 79 and 80 and 81 actually um uh uh maurice white was doing his biography 
with a fellow named Herb Powell, a writer uh, and musician out of uh, out of Los Angeles. And um, uh, Reese told uh, Herb to to contact me because I had the best Earth, Wind, and Fire photographs. Um, I had gone around the world Earth, Wind, and Fire three times uh, as the uh, tour photographer and also documentarian, um, visual documentarian, and sort of keeper of the visual history of EWF. And and um, so uh, Reese uh, uh, Reese suggested uh, that her called me and we made a deal for for the for the biography photos and then her pal asked that fateful question that was in 2014 so what else you got back there and so i you know started pulling out well you know i've got a little stevie i've got a little marvin gay i've got a you know some parliament funkadelic and boots and collins and, and brothers johnson and rick james and you know, all of a sudden, you know, the, the, the dining room table is full of all these files. And he looked at me and he said, you know, you've got a, you've got a book here. And uh, that's when I fell down the radical. How, how did you ensure that you maintained the rights to your photos? Um, and did you take a bunch that also you don't have in your possession? Um, so so uh, I basically have everything. Uh, not even basic. I have everything that I photograph. Uh, you got to understand, this was a time before before uh, the lawyers started asking uh, about um, uh, uh, you know asking for buyouts. So so um, you, you know that uh, that that never came up. You you know you had your negatives. You had uh, I had my negatives on file. Uh, my client and, and I established, you know, early on, on top of that, that, uh, you know, you call me, you know, uh, uh, my negs are on, on, you know, in my files, the, uh, you know, my, uh, uh, my lab will make you a print. You can pick it up. Okay. Uh, also, uh, uh, Regina was nice enough where, I mean, you, you know, she didn't have a big budget. But she bought, you know, she uh, she paid for uh, 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 processing sometimes, and and uh, she was uh, she was generous in that in that uh, uh, sense where where sometimes she bought our film, right? So so you know um, there was uh, there was a uh, it was it was a situation where you know we owned. You know, we we owned all of our stuff, and and uh, she established that. We 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 had that understanding, and uh, so and and see, I got out just you, you know just when uh, when the lawyers were starting to uh, to uh, uh, to realize you know that nasty little word called content, uh, uh, you know that they could use something over and over again, and why pay for it twice? But but it used to be that when you worked for you know when you worked for a uh, uh, um, a, a publicity company or a record record company you know you 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 uh, uh, you had uh, you know you you could okay the the best way to describe it is that you could okay so you did a job for a publicity session. And then you, if 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 the people in uh, 
what do you call that? And uh, A um, and R needed a needed needed a photo for Cashbox. Okay, then they called you up and then they paid you for for that that uh, 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 you know licensing that that photograph in Cashbox. You you understand where I'm going with that? So and then uh, later, you know, that's when the lawyers kept saying, "Wait a minute, why are we paying for this twice?" Well, because you don't own it. All right. And then that's when they started doing buyouts. And I feel for the young photographers today who, you know, they they uh, they go on a job and then someone throws a buyout in front of their face. And they say, well, you know, that thing that you did for, you know, two hundred dollars or one hundred fifty dollars, that's it. And uh, that um, that was never that was never done uh, 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 during the time that I was uh, that I was working. Well, it's, it's great. It's great, Bruce, that you were able to to do that at that time, because, you know, ironically, so many of the recording artists during that same era, you know, lost their publishing or didn't have that covered. And um, but it's great that, that you didn't run into that on, on your end of things. So, well, you know, and, and, and the other thing is, I mean, this was, you know, I mean, the, the great photographers, I mean, like uh, Jim Marshall, uh, the uh, I, I call him the slightly unhinged rock and roll photographer. Who shot uh, 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 Jimmy and and Janice at at at, uh, at Monterey and and then you know at Woodstock and did Miles Davis and and uh, you know it was the same thing. Uh, uh, he didn't you know in in, in those years uh, there was uh, you know you did a job they, they you know you you uh, you made prints. You know, you sent them prints. You didn't send them your negatives. And uh, there was, um, there was, uh, you know, you were a freelance. You know, Howard Bingham, a freelance, you know, who did all of the great uh, Muhammad Ali work. Uh, but, you know, you worked for Sports Illustrated. You worked for Time Magazine, uh, as I did, I, I did later. You know, uh, uh, you might send the whole take in, but then they sent it back to you. All right. Um, that's just what was done. If they had something, they made a copy of it. Okay, so um, that was, you, you know, um, that was that was a a time when uh, you know a lot of people didn't know the uh, the importance of of this. I mean, I I I I know of uh, of, of situations where 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 companies were were uh, were we're throwing negatives out. I mean, I, I cringe at that. Some of the record companies that just, uh, you know, ah, you know, nobody's going to use that again. And they threw stuff out from from the fifties and and, uh, and and the sixties and and uh, you, you know, I mean, that's just that's that's one of those things that that happened. I mean, they even do that today, where you know they do an edit and and uh, uh, then you know a first edit. And they don't think that, well, maybe there's something that's, that you might have overlooked, you know? And, and so, so uh, uh, you, you know, it's really sad, you, you, you know, but um, um, the visual image has never been respected in most cases as it, as it, as it should be. And, and uh, you know, Scott, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's a, uh, it's, it's a, uh, it's a shame, you know, and, and, uh, uh, also though there's, you know, photographers had, had a responsibility, 
also uh, uh, dictate terms, you know, like on an invoice, you know, to to put, you know, that this is this this particular uh, uh, assignment is 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 for this use and this use only. All other rights are reserved. Uh, photographer must be contacted to to um, to uh, uh, to negotiate a, uh, an, uh, an additional fee for an additional use. You know, I mean, there were people doing doing stuff like that, and I luckily had some uh, 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 some some people who uh, helped me. I mean, one of the things uh, I'll say is that uh, back when I was doing it, you know, photographers talked. You know, so often uh, people didn't think that we talked with each other, that everybody just sort of stood, you know, uh, jealously guarding, you know, whatever they had done or whatever they had. And, uh, but we talked. And and so, you know, when it came to, to issues like uh, 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 copyright and, and, and stuff like that, I mean, you know, these are, these are things where where folks you know folks uh, talked. The thing that that surprises me today is there are still a number of what you would consider to be world class photographers who, when you talk to them about protecting their rights and protecting their work, you know they they say, "Oh, I'm an artist. I, I have I I, I I I I don't have time for that. Really, I mean, really. So uh, shame on them, you know." Um, because uh, it's it's uh, it's something that we as professional uh, photographers uh, and writers, you know, have to have to take responsibility for. Absolutely. And 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 uh, look, you know, I mean, I I I I'm sure I've 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 uh, uh, grown in in uh, in the way that I you know, uh, work now and, uh, uh, the advantage uh, of age, you, you know, sort of, uh, to have something to do with that. But, you know, I mean, um, uh, I'm self-taught, but that didn't stop me from learning all the time. Okay. I knew nothing about photography when I picked up a camera the first time. And, uh, who knew that two years later I'd been in, be in the middle of, of of photographing some of the most important acts in American history, but uh, but I you know I I was always trying to make sure that I knew uh, knew my craft, and uh, even if it was for the for the, the you know or 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 inspired by the simplest uh, uh, instinct, which was not to be embarrassed. <laughs> okay, but I didn't want to embarrass Regina, you know. Uh, I'll never forget, uh, 1973, I'm newly hired, but I cleaned up well. So she sent me on a press junket in 1973 to photograph the Supremes in Japan and, uh, for, 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 or, you know, with Motown Records. And, um, I wrote the story and, and shot the images. Now, this was the Jean Terrell Supremes. Okay. Uh, she had just taken over from Diana, but, uh, y y you know, I, I had, um, I had, uh, uh, the responsibility of, of 
coming back with 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 photographs that would represent Seoul newspaper and and uh, that we could tell a story from, right? And so, you know, I mean, years later, I I, I like to tell people, you know, about the time that uh, Arnold Drapkin, the uh, the uh, famous uh, photo editor at the Time magazine, in 1984. You know, I'm working for him. Uh, I'm, I'm a contract photographer working for him <laughs> uh, on the Democratic national, yeah, the, the Democratic uh, primaries in 1984. I was assigned to cover Jesse Jackson, and uh, I remember he, he he wasn't directing the comment at me, but he just said it, and I knew that it applied. But he says, you know, he says. Uh, there's never, there's never any excuse for not coming back with the shot. That's all he said. But I understood what he meant. You know, you call yourself a professional, then you better come back with the shot or else you will be replaced. And, and uh, that's what people need to understand. You know, we weren't out there. We weren't out there playing and having a good time. I mean, there was another piece of, 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 of advice, solid advice, that uh, the head of Motown's publicity gave me when uh, when I when he first hired me. He hired me in 1974, Selma Houston, at the Troubadour uh, in Los Angeles. And uh, basically what I had to do was go back backstage, and he didn't even care about the performance. But I had to go backstage and and photograph uh, the uh, the president of Motown who was going to be there because that would be Barry Gordy and uh, he had his entourage with him and uh, uh, I had to get pictures with Barry and with Thelma and uh, uh, so they could use that in Billboard magazine. So there was a specific thing that he needed and uh, but I'll never forget he told me as he started to hire me more after that. He said, just remember, you're not the fifth Beatle. Okay? You 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 understand what I'm saying there? You know, just remember, you're not you're not part of the band. And and that was always my I mean, I've I've held that to be true uh uh throughout my photographic career. Always be professional. Friendly. Yeah, you gotta be professional and you're not friends with these people, right? You can be friendly, but you need to you're there to do a job. So uh, that means you can't get high with Bob Marley. All right? So, so, so you, you know, or Sly or, or, or Parliament. Now, if you happen to be in the room that is covered in a fog, you can inhale, but, you know, I got to tell you, 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 you have to do your job. All right? And, and I think, that I mean, I've seen a lot of, a lot of photographs. You know, the people have shown me. You know, where they, you know, gotten a little bit of access, or, 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 uh, you know, uh, um, and and uh, a lot of times, you know, it's it's disappointing because they had the access, but they didn't know how to operate the camera, or they didn't know how to use that lens properly, or they didn't know how to, you know, the 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 proper the proper film to have. And and uh, so that opportunity was wasted and gone, you know. So um, we were always, you know. I remember when when uh, when I got my first assignment to uh, photograph Earth, Wind, and Fire, <clears throat> in uh, 
a studio setting, and I talk about it in the book. And by the way, it's a Tashin book, T-A-S-C-H-E-N, Publishers. And uh, uh, we do have it for sale. But, um, you know, it it was a situation where, where uh, you know, Earth, Wind & Fire, the biggest band in the world was coming to... Uh, to our uh, 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 to, to to our little studio, and um, I'm just about to tell you this tale. And uh, the mailman is coming up to my door, and my dogs are going to freak out now. So just let let's pause. Can you pause for a minute? Yeah, yeah. I'll edit this up. All right, hold on. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, mailman's gone. I have to, well, I have two rescue dogs who don't understand that they uh, they won the lottery, right? So, so they 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 uh, hey 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 hey. I, as, right. as, as long as we're interrupted here, I want to make sure that I get. I want to ask you about a few of the artists specifically. So okay, uh, yeah. I just want to let me let me just tell you this little piece about Earth, Wind, and Fire, and then you can edit it down any way you want. You got it. Um. Okay. Back on? Yes. All right. So, so I remember that you know the time that I that I uh, uh, the first time that that Earth Wind and Fire came to our studio, and that was in 1977, May 1977, and and uh, you know we had we had uh, 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 a D Day. We had you know their music playing. We had uh, food. There, right, and and they really appreciated it. They ended up staying about four or five hours, and uh, afterwards, um, the um, uh, uh, the road manager for Earth, Wind, and Fire called me up, and he said, "You know, Reese really liked the way you handled yourself." Okay, and um, he said. You know, we 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 we'd like to see if you'd like to go on the road with us. We're doing. We're going to go to Egypt. No, we're going to go to uh, Europe, Europe, Egypt, and Japan. Would you like to come along? And so, there. You know, that's that's how I fell down the rabbit hole with uh, with Earth, Wind, and Fire. But what I'm saying is, you know, I was prepared. I had, you know, done my homework, even down to what food they they they, they ate or couldn't eat. Right. So, so, so I had something for everybody. Like I said, we set the mood. That's what we would do back then. So anyway, uh, you had questions about specific, specific things. Yeah, no, that's, that's a great story. Thanks, Bruce. Um, yeah, you know, I, viewers of this show, there's certain artists that are real heroes. Um, I mean, mostly all the artists that are in your book are, but you know, we don't have, uh, you know, days to talk here. So, um, I'll try to zero in on a few if you'll humor me with those. Um, Absolutely. George Clinton and Parliament Funkadelic. What can you tell us about those experiences, shooting shooting those great shots and uh, just hanging out with those guys? You know, when I think back about uh, 1977, when I... Uh, Basically, was 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 first introduced to uh, Parliament. Um, it was you know it was, it was just a magical time. There was so much happening. 
you know, I mean, you had the, the later on in, in 77, in the summer of 77, you had the, the P-Funk Earth tours. You, you know, people don't understand. They don't give, they don't give George credit or as much credit as, as he truly deserves. When you think about, uh, you know, this guy was creating uh, a black rock opera. He was creating, he was, he was creating what I call, you know, uh, a, 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 a situation where you had, you had, uh, they had, they had stadiums that they were filling. You're talking about 100, 150,000 people at, 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 at one swipe uh, there to see uh, uh, Parliament Funkadelic and Bootsy and Shock Gun and the Isley Brothers and, and the Brothers Johnson and, and you had, so I, you know, and I call this, you know, this was like rock and roll. This was like, uh, uh, Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. This was like the Rolling Stones. This was, this was like Fleetwood Mac. You know, stadiums full. But I say that this was R and B dipped in funk. You know, I mean, this was rock and roll R and B dipped in funk, courtesy of George Clinton. Um, of course, you know, you had the the twenty thousand seaters. You know, the eighteen thousand seaters like. You know, I photographed him earlier. You know, at the um, uh, the 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 LA Sports Arena, the uh, the um, um, uh, uh, the the Los Angeles, the uh, Inglewood Forum. You know, and um, <clears throat> numerous times. And you know, when I think back, I mean, the the the, the stuff at the <coughs> excuse me, the stuff at the uh, the Los Angeles uh, Sports Arena, which is now gone, there's a soccer stadium there. Uh, the the sports arena stuff was was very important because that's where we have the what has become sort of the signature group photo of of Parliament. Uh, that um, you know, I'm I'm kind of uh, uh, pleased to say that. Uh, I have two of the biggest, you know, bands in the world. You know, I did uh, I did the publicity pictures that that people seem to use or want to use or or when they when they think about them, and that's uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire in Parliament. And uh, just to give you a little background. Um, the road managers at the uh, time for um, uh, Parliament were uh, Archie Ivey and Tom Vickers. And uh, we are still friends to this day. <laughs> and and uh, Archie had been a um, uh, Archie had been a um, contributor and writer to Soul Newspaper. So that's how I knew Archie. And uh, he was on the music scene. And then uh, I didn't know Tom at the time, but Tom and Archie got gobbled up by the mothership. Uh, in Area 51, uh, probably sometime around uh, 76 or so. I mean, you could you could uh, uh, you could you could you know talk to them for an exact date. But um, the, the funny thing is that both of them had been had been on 
an assignment for a magazine. I think uh, 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 Tom was out with uh, for Rolling Stone when he went out with uh, George and them, and then and then Archie was was doing a piece for Soul newspaper, and and uh, uh, like I said, you know, George George uh, kept the door closed when it was time to leave, and and um, but seriously, they called me. And uh, they they said we need a publicity photo of the band, and uh, I think they were I think the band was was on uh, uh, Casablanca uh, uh, records at the time, if I'm not mistaken. And um, so it was supposed to go like this, Bruce. You'll you'll uh, you'll have. Uh, 10 minutes or so, uh, the band is going to get dressed, you know, in their regalia, and uh, they will proceed from the dressing room to your spot where you're going to photograph them, and then they will, from there, after you've got a few shots, we'll go outside. And um, so so we, we uh, uh, you know, we were all set up, Bobby and I were all, all set up, and we were in a broom closet. Now, mind you, it was a larger than normal broom closet, but it was still a damn broom closet that we had moved stuff around. And uh, we we had a nine-foot backdrop that we extended to 13 feet. And um, uh, uh, because I knew, you know, we had, we had, I don't know, 12 or so people, I think we had 13 folks that were going to be in this photograph. And uh, so at the appointed time, you know, we're, we're ready. You know, the lights are, the lights are uh, you know, had all been checked and uh, we've taken a Polaroid and everything looked good. And uh, that's what you did back then. You, you, you couldn't look in the back of your camera that you, like you could now to know that everything was dialed in. You, you were shooting Kodachrome and you were basically shooting it blind. So what you, what you, what you did was you, um, you would... Um, uh, shoot a Polaroid, and and then you know that was the same film speed. And then on the, based on how that Polaroid looked, you would uh, you would uh, uh, open up your your shutter or not your shutter, but your uh, your aperture. And so you know, and and you were shooting. You know, on one shoulder you had uh, color, on the other shoulder you had black and white with a, a corresponding, you know, lens, like, you know, a 50 or an 85. And I knew we were probably going to be, be stuck with using just a 50 because, again, you had 13 people that you had to, you know, force into this, onto this, uh, this seamless. And so we, you know, they, they come and, 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 and you've got to remember as a, as a photographer, you know, you got to understand, you've got to, you got to take charge. You know, they will, no matter how important they are, when they get in front of that camera, they will defer to you 99% of the time. But you have to give direction. And, um, you know, and you have to take charge and basically sort of curate the photograph. What do I mean by that? You got to, you know, you got to place people strategically. And the easiest way, of course, is, you know, you, you, you put the smaller guys in front, you know, you put, uh, someone, if they're interesting in the middle, you know, you kind of build from, from there. And, um, uh, 
uh, that's what we did. Maybe you use uh, what they call an apple box or a crate or a ladder for somebody in the back row because everybody's basically the, you know, the same size. You know, you, you, but you do put the taller guys in the back and you might tell somebody, you know, hey, lean against so-and-so, cross your legs, you know, turn, turn your back and look over your shoulder. Um, and that's the way we got into it. Now, I did not factor in the, 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 the fact that you had, you had 12 people trying to wrestle them on to, uh, to uh, a, a background and, and uh, they're high. And not only that, but they've got 20,000 uh, screaming fans and the whole room is rocking because they want to hear them and they want to hear them now. And, uh, but they were extremely gracious, you know, and, and everybody just sort of fell into their rhythm. I mean, Gary and Boogie and, you know, everybody and George and, and George knew, knew the importance of this. And so he said, come on, y'all, we can't be fucking around. And, and, um, the picture just came together. And, and Scott, I gotta say, you know, when I look back on that session, I mean, I held him for about five rolls of film and remember you've got 36 exposures so you've got to rewind and and and, and reload and bobby was reloading and i was shooting and you know first you shoot color then you you know shoot black and white and because you know back in those days you know you couldn't you didn't have photoshop to to uh uh i mean you could you know shoot an internet and then you know you, you create a black and white you know but but generally generally didn't do that and uh but uh we we shot and, and the, the, the best thing i can say to you is it was it was delicious you know i mean uh, when i when i look back on on that stuff and and really the stuff that you you saw in um in the book that was stuff that i had missed you know i mean uh uh i didn't um i didn't i didn't think it was as good as it was maybe i you know maybe i had gotten just fatigued looking through the uh, loop when I was when I was making my first selects, but I, I didn't select those when when I when I used those. And and uh, you know you see that color picture, you know it, it just uh, you know the funk just resonates. I mean when you when you see it, and 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 again George George loved what I did. And and uh, I had total access from then on. Anytime they were in town, uh, uh, and and let me say this: I was actually I had finished. This was in the nineties. Years later, George was playing at the uh, uh, the Hollywood. No, where the hell was he? Uh, I yeah. want to say the Hollywood Palladium, but it wasn't. It was yeah, was, he, was it was it was it was it Universal? No, 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 no. This was in this was in uh, this was in uh, this was in the nineties, and it was it was in um, uh, in uh, in Los Angeles. It's on Vine Street. There was this this uh, 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 Palladium? club. Palladium. Not the Palladium. Palace. Not the Hollywood. The Hollywood Palace. Yeah. Okay. That's what it was, and and. I, you know, I, I came with, you know, I bought a ticket. I came with a camera. Uh, I had a sport coat and tie on. 
uh, I worked my way up to the front, and George George is, you know, playing to the crowd as usual, and we hadn't seen each other in, I don't know, 15 years. And he looks, and then he stops, and he does a double take. And he just waves me on into the, you know, into the back. He was like, come on in the back. And uh, he had remembered that I shot the second show, and that was on the stage with him. And it was like old times. We had a great, we just had a great, uh, you know, a great reunion. But, you know, and, and I've seen him since, and, and uh, I know he loves the book, and I know he loves the photographs, because that's just, the sad thing about this book is, if there's anything that can to be sad about, so many of those people are gone now. Yes, yes. They're gone. Yep. You know, and, and, and uh, I mean, you know, Gary's gone. Boogie's gone. Um, uh, Bernie Rell. Bernie Rell. Yep. Bernie, Bernie. You know, you know, he's gone. Bernie Worrell. I mean, you know, and there's uh, uh, there's a couple others. You know, and 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 I want my pictures to show, you know, somebody that. Not only were these guys badass, but they were having a great time. They knew their instruments. You know, um, uh, there's a great line in, um, in you know, from uh, uh, from this musician named Eric Dolphy, who was this fabulous uh, bass clarinet player, and and uh, 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 he also played played uh, saxophone. And uh, he was a jazz musician, and he says, you know, when you hear music, it's in the air. You can never capture it again. And in a sense, that's what the that's that's what it is about the photographs. You were able to capture it because once you see it, it's gone, and you can never capture it again. But these 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 are moments. These are moments that that we can look back on and and see how badass you know Maurice White was, or or Aretha, or or Natalie Cole, or Donna Summer or 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 Parliament. I mean, uh, you know that that band's not coming around again. I don't care how good the next one is, you know, or the, the new iteration of his. You know, um, it's it's something. I mean, when you look at, I mean, I I remember photographing George. I, I photographed George a number of times. I mean, I've got enough enough stuff from that period, you know, um, to do more. You know, but. But uh, you know there was only there was only so much room. I mean, we 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 ended up the book was supposed to be three hundred pages, and then it went to three hundred and fifty pages, and then it went to three hundred, I think seventy some odd pages. And you know, we went from they 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 we had we had shall I say discussions about um, who went in the book, who didn't make the cut. You know, there were people that I had to lobby for. Uh, I had to tell them, you know, they had to understand that they needed, you know, you needed, you know, you didn't, you couldn't just have Lewis Johnson. This was not a brother named Johnson. This was the brothers Johnson. And so you had to have, you know, uh, uh, both of the brothers Johnson. You know, uh, you had to, you had to have, uh, you had to have people. I know a bunch of women who would have shot my ass if I had, didn't have people Bryson in that book. Okay. You know, I mean, you, 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 you had to have LTD. You had to have, uh, of course you had to have Bootsy, but, but you need to make sure that, that, that you had, um, uh, Maceo and Fred Wesley working it 
it out with James, you know, and and uh, the same thing with <clears throat> so many of these these acts. You know, you had to have uh, uh, Billy Paul. You had to have uh, 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 the, the Whispers, and and unfortunately, the Whispers didn't make it. You know, I I got into, I mean, I could only win so many battles. You know, the guy was like, you know, they were like, well, we don't want this to be encyclopedic. They didn't understand the the importance, I don't think, until later. You know, they knew it was important, but they didn't understand. But this had never been done before. I sold this book on 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 the phrase, or not the phrase, but just the 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 uh, the understanding that there had been books you know, photo books done on Rolling Stones, Rock and Roll, Elvis, David Bowie, okay? But up until that point, there had never been a photo book done on soul, R&B, and funk. You cannot find one. This is the first of its kind. That's a bold statement. That's a hell of a statement, but that also speaks to, uh, you know, how undervalued, how uh, underrepresented, how marginalized uh, these uh, these musicians were. There's no question, Bruce. Another another great example of that that I have to interject is when, when, when records turn to CDs, you could not even find most of those artists' works on CD. It took years for the companies to actually put out those great works. In a lot of cases, you know, you'd only find like a compilation, but not the original works because they were also marginalized with the music itself. Oh, that's true. No, that's 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 very true. 